everybody. Welcome to Finding Love, a podcast about dating and romance and finding love in the middle of life. I'm Nancy Bruce. Here's a question that you probably ask yourself that I know I asked myself a lot when I was dating for 22 years, trying to find my true love and a partnership, a relationship that I felt was really lasting and lifted me up in every area of my life. Here was the big central question that dogged me for a while. How do I know if he likes me? And, you know, it's an interesting thing when you ask yourself this question or when I ask myself that question, it immediately transported me back to like fourth grade, right? It feels very almost childlike. It feels very vulnerable, I guess. I guess that's why it feels childlike. It feels vulnerable. It feels like a question that has got some inherent self-doubt and inherent lack of confidence. You feel like a kid again, you know, or is my best friend going to pass me a note in history class telling me that the guy that I have a crush on likes me or doesn't like me? It transports you back to a time and a place where maybe you weren't your most confident, most empowered self. How do I know he likes me? And I think that's why it feels like that question has a lot of friction to it. But it's a good question. You know, you don't want to waste your time on someone who doesn't communicate very readily and very steadily that he does like you. And that is is something I think trips us up when we dive back into dating in the middle of life, or maybe you have been dating for decades, and that's a question that continues to sort of uh, get under your skin. So here are some thoughts about that. The, the how do I know he likes me question, number one, don't shy away from it. Don't think that it makes you insecure or weak or you know lacking in confidence if you ask yourself that question. But here's a little, a little note. If you find yourself asking yourself that question a lot when it comes to a particular guy, uh, that I would call that a red flag. Because in my experience, when a man is interested in you, he makes it very clear. In my experience, men will really leave no stone unturned when it comes to pursuing and spending time with a woman who they are truly interested in. Now, when you're doing online dating in the middle of life, let me let me say this. For sure, when I when I say it's a numbers game, it's a numbers game for you and it's a numbers game for him too. So, a lot of men are going to be playing the field as you will be. And so there'll be that initial period where he's talking to you, he's talking to a bunch of other people, you're talking to him, you're talking to a bunch of other people. And, you know, a really good piece of advice is to not try to get too tied down right away. Don't jump into girlfriend mode immediately. Don't think this is the one, you know, after the second meeting. Give yourself some time and some space to let those feelings really unfold. But Having said that, a man who's interested in you will absolutely make that clear. In the minute, you have to put on your Sherlock Holmes cap and start investigating for clues. How does, how does he feel about me? Does he like me? Are we going to see each other again? You know, what's going to happen next? Those questions are not necessarily the healthiest questions to be asking yourself because a man who really, really wants to be on your radar and and be on your list of preferences of, of all the men you're dating is going to work hard to be that guy. You know, you've got to, you definitely have to trust your intuition. You know, I say dating is a numbers game, but dating is also an intuition game. It is very much a time in your life when you have to be trusting your gut instincts, 
What is the energetic read that you get off this guy? Is he communicating to you in words and actions that he really does like you, that he cares about how you're doing, that he cares about what you're thinking, that he cares about what's when he's going to see you next. And all those things are abundantly clear. So if you say, if you find yourself asking the question a lot, God, I don't know how he feels about me. Does he like me? Does he not like me? I'm in the dark here. If you're in the dark, the dark is not a good place to be when you're dating. It, is, it just isn't. And you don't need that, right? You want to be with someone who's shining the light on you, on all of your delightful gifts and all your all your best qualities and all the things he really likes about you and all the things that are drawing him to you. He wants to be shining the light on that and making you feel like you're this valued, cherished thing. And that can happen early on, and it doesn't have to come with crazy love bombing. You know, it doesn't have to come with too much and, you know, gestures of great lasting romance and love. It can come slowly and it can come quietly, but it can, it can, it will definitely arrive for you intuitively when, when he's giving that energy off. You, you will feel it intuitively. And I think you know that. I mean, I think that when you ask, you have to ask yourself questions like, does he like me? I think that what your intuition is telling you is he's not making it clear how he feels about me. And that's, that's not great, right? That is not the, the place you want to be. So let me tell you a story about when I was dating David and we had bet on, we went, if you've been listening to the podcast, we, we met at a place called Mama Molina's, this little Italian restaurant in Seattle, about a block away from where I lived then. And he lived in Bellingham, about an hour and a half drive north of the city. We met a couple of days later. He came back down to Seattle to take me to another restaurant in my neighborhood. And then we were going to meet again for lunch a few days after that. I had mentioned that I was going to be in Mount Vernon, which is a little adorable little town here in the Pacific Northwest. I was going to, I had an errand that I wanted to run in Mount Vernon. And he said, oh, I'm going to be in Mount Vernon for lunch. Let's meet for lunch that day. I'm going to be there around around lunchtime, which P.S. I found out later, many weeks later, that he was not going to be in Mount, Mount Vernon, that he had to drive an hour just to have lunch with me, which was very cute. But we met for lunch. And during that lunch, I could sense that he was a little I won't say agitated, but he was a little nervous about something. And he told me that he was going on a pre-planned family trip to a cabin in Canada. So David is from Canada and he and his family have this place on a lake, very remote location, uh, this little cabin on a lake and they call it camp. It's very remote, no cell phone service. And so he's, he told me, he goes, I, you know, I'm not going to have cell phone service while I'm there, but I would love to see when I get back. And I said, yeah, 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 that, that's, that's fine. You know, enjoy your trip with your family, have fun. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see each other when, when you get back. And we didn't have any concrete plans, but he was, I could tell he was, you know, wanting to make some plans, but I just said, you know, don't worry, have a nice trip and, and we'll talk when you get back. We've only been on, this is, this is date number three, right? It's, so it's very early days. And after he left for camp, I was talking about this with a friend of mine and she said, well, do you think he's going to try to call you? Or, I mean, do you think he's going to try to get in touch with you? How, how is that possible? And I said, well, we'll see. We'll see what, if he's going to try to make that happen. You know, let's just see. No judgment either way, but I'm just, I was curious. And she said, well, I mean, I guess, you know, that's not even possible. You have, if he has no cell phone service. And I said, well, let's see if he makes an effort. And sure enough, about midway through his, his camp vacation, he called me and he 
told me that he drove an hour to find cell phone service and he just wanted to just check in, say hello, let me know that he was thinking about me. And I thought that was great. And you know what I say to that? Good. That's exactly what he should have done. What, is he so busy at camp that he can't take a couple hours to go for a drive? Of course. And he's a guy that likes to drive. And it to me, it seemed like a person, a perfectly reasonable thing to do, but also a really nice thing to do because he let me know, he went to some effort to let me know that he was thinking about me. And on that phone call, we planned our fourth date. And if you've been listening, you know that that was the date that he met me when I got off the train from Vancouver to Bellingham. And we had dinner at another little Italian restaurant this time in Bellingham. And that was the night of the thunderstorm when he didn't kiss me. And I was like, what is going on here? Does this guy even like me? So that was the what happened at camp. He made an effort and he made sure that I was st- still on his radar and he was still on my radar. That was really his intent. And that's what I mean. It wasn't it wasn't too much. It wasn't overbearing. He wasn't making big huge declarations of love. He was just saying hello and hey, let's get together when I get back and how about this for an idea? This time, this date, I'll pick you up at the train station. He made it a concrete plan. It wasn't too much and it wasn't love bombing and it wasn't weird and it didn't leave me unsettled. It made me feel great. It made me feel like, "Oh my gosh, here's a grown man." a nice, mature, grown man who knows what he wants, and he's going to drive for an hour to find cell phone service to make sure that I'm thinking of him and he knows, and I know that he's thinking of me. And, and that's what I mean when I say that men will make it clear. And listen, here is the truth. After 22 years of dating men who never made it clear, men who always left me in the dark or, or most of the time left me in the dark. And I was always looking for that, that really comfortable place of being with someone who, who made me feel secure and safe and, and loved and cherished and seen and heard and all the things. But, you know, not 10 years into the relationship, but pretty much right away, you know, pretty much, hey, I like you. The message being, I like you and I like only you. And let's see where this goes. But for now, I want you to feel like I like you. For 22 years, I did not have that. And when I found it with David, and it was really that phone call from camp that really kind of brought that message home for me, I thought, wow, this feels much better than what it used to feel like with all the men who who wanted me on pins and needles all the time, who wanted me wondering and guessing. And you know, some guys think that that's some kind of a fun mating, mating call. It is not. It is not fun. There is nothing fun about it. It leaves you feeling stressed and insecure and, you know, questioning. And it, there's nothing fun about it when you're in your 20s and 30s. And there is really nothing fun about it when you're in your 50s because it's like you're over that nonsense. Nothing about that is appealing to you in the middle of life because you've learned and you've grown and you've evolved into the woman you are today. And you have less and less time for that kind of malarkey. You don't want that nonsense. Sense. You don't want men leading you along and, and having you on pins and needles. You don't want that. And nor should you settle for it. And you don't deserve it. And so don't let it happen. And the minute a guy leaves you wondering like that, I would say, have one clarifying conversation with him. And if it doesn't turn around, let that be the end. Because there will be a man in your future who makes you feel like you never have to wonder or second guess yourself. 
And that's, that's the feeling you want. Now, here's my caveat to that because, you know, I like to give you guys caveats. It will not always necessarily come in the way that you think you want it. So I am a, I am a person who loves words, right? As you might be able to surmise. I love words. I love people who talk. I love people who write. I love language and I love the language of love. I love romantic, poetic language. It is really quite dazzling to me. And so, you know, I am married to a man of few words, (laughs) to say the least. And you might have some experience with this. It's, It's not that he doesn't absolutely always want to tell me that he loves me. And he does tell me that all the time. David does tell me that all the time. But in the beginning, he was a man of few words, but I would say he was a man of few words, but many actions. So he was always doing something that made me know and 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 be secure in the fact that we were going to see each other again, that this was a relationship that was unfolding and blooming very nicely and everything was going well. There was always a plan on the horizon. If it wasn't next week, it was even next month. I remember one time in the beginning of our dating, he said something about like, let's go see a hockey game in Vancouver next month. And I thought, wow, next month. Are we going to still be seeing each other next month? Like, that's great that you know that, you know, that's, that's interesting. So, but he was not ever this, you know, poetic expressor of love. And, and I had to have a little conversation with myself about that. I had to have a little sit down with myself and say, you know, Nancy, um, anybody can talk a big game. Anybody can talk a big game, but what you want and what you have said you want for a long time is a man who shows up, who shows up with his actions. Because the truth is, talking a big game doesn't have that much impact on my life. A man who expresses his love through action, that actually impacts my life. That actually changes things in my life. I really like that. I mean, there were a couple of times when I'd be sitting in my house in Seattle and you know, I'd hear a knock at the at the front door. It would be like a random Tuesday afternoon. And it would be David who just drove down to say hi, or he brought me lunch, or he just wanted to give me a kiss, and then he would drive back up. And when I say drove down and drive back up, that's a three-hour round trip. And and so actions, actions, you know, that's a cliche, actions sp- speak louder than words, but they really do. And yet, you know, you, you might be, you might say to yourself, well, I really want to hear, you know, we all have different ways that we want to receive love. I really want to hear it. But I'll tell you, you you have to look at the person that you're dating and appreciate him for his own strengths. And some guys are going to show up in a certain way that maybe is doesn't fit your exact formula of how you wanted to receive love, but it's going to work for you. And I can tell you that now that I'm married to David, I love that he is a man of action. Like he's always bustling around here, bustling around our house, fixing things. Um, he just, you know, loves to do things that he knows make me happy, right? Just making sure that everything here runs beautifully and, and bringing me flowers on a Friday and making sure that, you know, we're, that I'm cared for in a million different ways, even things like filling my car up with gas. I mean, just little gestures that actually mean a lot, but yeah, it won't always come to you in the most poetic language. Let me tell you this story. Let me tell you the story about my engagement. So we got engaged, David and I got engaged. We had, we have known each other for three months 
And we knew that we wanted to um, spend the rest of our lives together. We went on, on a trip to Manzanita Beach in Oregon, which if you don't know anything about the Oregon coast, it's very, very beautiful. It's like rocky and beautiful and kind of wild looking with like fog rolling in. And it's just a gorgeous place. And in the fall um, for his birthday, that that first October we were together, we went for a drive down to Manzanita, had a beautiful weekend. And that was our first, you know, weekend of telling each other we love each other and we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And it was very happy. And so after that, we bought an engagement ring. Um, I We picked it out together and we were going to return to Manzanita Beach on New Year's Eve, which was going to be really cool because it was going to be like cold and, you know, like I said, rocky and wild. And we rented an Airbnb right on the beach. And I thought it was going to be so romantic. What a romantic scene for this engagement story. Um, and so I was very excited about it. And he, we decided this, that we were going to do this in like November. And I'm telling you that so that you realize that he had time to plan for this. Okay. That was this, this did not come up at a moment's notice. There was, there were a couple of months where he was able to plan. And so we rented a house and I left everything up to him. He rented a place and we were going to bring dinner. You know, we we're making dinner for ourselves and have a beautiful fire. And it was just going to be a very romantic, quiet, beautiful New Year's Eve evening. And so we're there, we're, we're at, at the cabin and we've, we've finished our dinner and we're curled up by the fire and we're just having a lovely cozy time and the clock is nearing midnight. And I have this sense like, okay, this is going to be the, the moment he's going to propose. And even though I knew that we were going to get married and I knew that it was coming, it wasn't some big, huge surprise as I, you know, of course it's not. I mean, we're in our mid fifties. I mean, we, you know, we had made some decisions together, but still it's a moment, you know, it's a big moment. And so I'm sitting on the couch and he decides this is the, this is, this is going to be the moment he's going to propose. And so here's what he did. He took the ring box. Now the ring is still in the box. He did not take the ring out of the box. He put the ring box on my knee and he said four words, this is for you. That was it. The ring is on the, in the box. It is perched and balanced on my knee. There is no getting down on one knee on his part. There is no beautiful expression of love. And I can't believe we found each other and you're the love of my life. Now I know that he thinks all these things because I don't, I'm like a random weekday. He'll be like, Oh God, you're the love of my life. I'm so, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm so happy. Like he will bust out a romantic sentiment. David Bruce will do that. But on the occasion of our engagement, no, that was not to be. And so this is for you. Four words. And I remember looking at the box and looking at him and I remember saying, oh, do you want to try that again? And no, he did not want to try it again. And so uh, he took the ring out of the box finally and I slipped it on my finger. And I just, I remember feeling like, oh, brother, you know, that could have gone better. 
the next day we were walking the dogs on the beach. And of course it was very beautiful. I mean, it's like, and I'm looking at the beach and thinking like, here, here we were, we're across the street from the beach. Maybe this would have been the, the right environment for the engagement. And so he actually did get down on one knee at that moment. And he said, I know, I know I flubbed it last night. So let me try again. And he said a couple of very nice things and it was cute. And whatever, I got over it because here we are happily engaged to be married. I'm engaged to be married to the man I love and he loves me and that's all that matters. But I give you that story to let you know that while you don't want to ever be left guessing and while that question of does he like me is a completely valid question, but you don't want to have to ask it over and over again, right? You want the answer to come and you want it to come intuitively as well as all around you don't get too hung up on how that message is delivered and search for ways, look for ways, I should say, that that person delivers the message to you. And it might be different than what you expect. You know, I always expected to be with somebody who would wax poetic about how much he loves me and, you know, write me love poems and, and on all of that. And, and I did not marry that man, but I did marry a man who shows up for me in full living color and completely loving energy every single day. And now that I have the benefit of knowing what that's like, I am so glad that he's that guy. Again, I would much rather have it. I mean, if I had to choose between actions and words, you know, the truth is I would choose to have both, but it's okay. I'm happy to have actions that that really shapes my life in so many ways. So, Continue to ask yourself these questions though. I mean, these are good things to, I think, explore as you're dating in the middle of life. If you're, if you're dating again after a long dry spell, or if you've been dating for, for decades and decades on end, and you really are looking for a, a powerful love connection, these are good things to ask yourself. You know, it's the, does he like me question, but how many times should I have to ask that? And what does that feel like to me? What does him liking me actually feel like? How can I receive that? What are the different ways he's showing that to me? And am I in a receiving mode? Am I being receptive to all the different ways? So these are all good questions. I mean, this is the thing. This is what I say about about finding love in the middle of life. It is a really interesting journey of self-discovery. It is an interesting transformative path for your, your own healing I want to say, for your own awareness about what matters to you. What matters to you? What do you want your life to to look like? What do you want your love life to feel like? That's actually the best question. Does he like me is a good question. What do I want to feel like in love is even the better question. That is what I say. Okay. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 